ready to go? Take your seats. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 6.14, and we're going to be a good class, and everybody said amen. amen. And a good class, uh, they actually read the word. How many of you guys love the Bible? That's what I'm going to teach from today. Amen. Here it is. 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Underline it. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial, who is a false god? Uh, or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement, somebody say agreement, has the temple of God with the idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. Come on, somebody say it with me. For we are the temple of the living God. You are the temple, not this building. When God comes back for his church, he's not going to be saving brick and mortar. So the place where you should be the most holy isn't in this building. You should be holy, somebody say, everywhere. You can be holy in the church house and also at the liquor store. And I know a lot of people don't want to say that because a lot of us are not perfect, but we're progressing, right? So as you're lighting it up and about to smoke it, you can still be holy. Oh, they don't want to hear that this morning. Because somebody say, I'm the temple. So it matters what you put in your ears, what you see, and what you put in your mouth. Because you are the temple of God. You're not going to see at the rapture a whole bunch of buildings being lifted up. God doesn't care about brick and mortar. He cares about somebody say my heart. I will make my dwelling place among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 17 is very important. Tap in. Therefore, go out from their midst. And somebody say be separated. Be separated from them, says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me says the Lord Almighty. Today, I'd like to close the sermon series by talking about a, a, a title called Yoked Up. Yoked Up. How many of you guys know what yoke is? I'm not talking about an egg yoke. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, when you take out the, uh, the yellow part. And when you do that, the bird died in vain. Like, eat the whole egg. You know what I'm saying? Like, it tastes better with the egg yolk. Like, you don't get the creamy silkiness of scrambled eggs without the egg. Anyway, anyway, it's okay. But I'm watching my macros. Okay, that's between me and you. But if we're going to end this sermon series, we've talked about your relationship with God. We've talked about men and women and our relationships with ourselves. But I want to make sure that we tap into something very, very detailed, that marriage has never been something that God has called people to. He's never called people to marriage. He's called people to purpose. And if marriage completes purpose, then you should be married. The word of God basically makes it very, very clear that marriage is not the goal. You are not more saved than another person that's single. You're not more saved than a person that's a widow. You're not more saved than a person that's been divorced. Because marriage has never gotten anybody to heaven. Marriage doesn't make you clean. Marriage doesn't make you holy. Like, I mean, it's a container, so you're able to, you know, uh, uh, do all of, like, the fun stuff, like, like sex and intimacy and all those types of things. But if, the, the point that I'm trying to make today is that if you tie your life to the wrong person or thing, that will determine the direction, the trajectory, and the speed of your life. But yokes are not just romantic. You can be yoked up with a bad business partner. You, you can be yoked up in the wrong position at the wrong business. You, you can be yoked and be in the wrong, per, in the wrong place 
at the wrong time with the wrong people. So being yoked, I really want to make sure that we understand today that it's not a relationship. It's not a romantic, it's not a romantic word. But being yoked basically is your choice and who you hook your life up with. So the reason why this sermon series is important is because our word of this year is what? Postured. Long story short, what that means for those of you that may not have ever heard that word before, because most words of, of churches are like, big explosion. No, we believe this year that God's telling us not to go anywhere. That where he wants us to be is right here. Somebody say right here is perfect. Like that means that where you are in your family is perfect. Where you are in your marriage is perfect. But we're filing for a divorce. You want to know something? God knows the plans that he has for you, regardless of if you've signed or not. God can restore anything. Can we just pray a really quick prayer, really quick? God, we thank you for every single marriage, every single relationship, every single person in singleness that's struggling. God, we ask that you would give them the faith to be okay with their struggle. Because if you can't bring your struggle to church, then where in the world can you go? If you ain't at the beach on Saturday morning, where you at, right? Is it right? No? All right, I just thought I would connect with my millennials. But if you can't bring your broken relationship to God, a therapist is not going to help. If you can't bring your addiction to God, a counselor is not going to help. Because there are some things that only flesh can take care of, and there's some things that only the spirit can take care of. So can we allow for the spirit of God today just to be the foundation? Not Oprah, uh, uh, not, not Buddy that said that he was a good wife, and then we found out that he was doing all the dirt on Facebook and Instagram. Like, let's not use, like, what the world has put down as a foundation, and let's use, somebody say the word of God. So when we look at this word yoked, we, well, I'm sorry, when we look at the Bible, God is infatuated with this word equal. It's, it's literally named in the Bible like 125 times. Being equal means being of the same quantity, size, degree, or value. It also means if you're equally yoked, that a person or thing is considered to be the same as another in status and quality. But I want to make sure you understand one thing. Can we go to our first point? Uh, without principles, damage is inevitable. Without principles, your relationship will not work. But Pastor Joshua, they don't love God, and, and they seem happy. The word is seem. You don't know. God gave us principles. A lot of people think that fences are to keep you away from stuff. But actually, fences are to keep stuff away from you. And when we venture outside of the principles that God has placed on us, we get ourselves in trouble. I want to destroy a thought that some of you think. God is not sitting up on a hill with a magnifying glass trying to torture people. A lot of the torture, torment, frustration, um, irreconcilable differences, all of them come from us. God will never put you in a self-compromising situation where you have to choose between him and somebody that you love. He'll never do it. He'll never do it. Why? Because he's looking for us to make the decision. So there's this lie, Mr. Damon. Well, if God wants me to have her, then he'll send her to me. That's a lie. Well, if it's supposed to be, she'll come back into my life. So since I love her, I'll let her go. I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joshua Williams, first of his name. Sorry. Okay. Um, but God is not out here playing spades with your love life. It's not like six and a possible. 
Like, God's not going to renege on a relationship that you have. Like, he's not, he's not out here playing Russian roulette with your heart because if it was his way, he would make sure that the person that you met the first time would be your forever. But if we use culture, we will start to take the cards out of God's hands and we'll start playing spades with Uno cards. And we want to taste every single color that's in the rainbow. Red, skip. Reverse, come back to me. And by the way, if you're playing uh, Uno, you cannot reverse it back to yourself. Y'all be cheating. Skip you, skip you, reverse back to me, reverse back to me. No, you just change the direction of the card game. Read the instructions. And all my black people said, no, you, you ain't never played at my house. Y'all be cheating. You are the reason that nobody wants to come to the cookout. You are the reason, you are the reason why there is anxiety and depression on Thanksgiving. Everybody lift your hands up at cheats and say, God, make me anew. Hey, make me not a cheater, Jesus. Cheat mugs. Before Adam was given a person, he was given parameters. In Genesis 2, it says that God creates man, then he, cre um, he creates Eden, he gives him place, then he gives him parameters. He says, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but that one. God only gives him one rule of restriction. And Adam doesn't break it until he yokes himself with somebody that wasn't equal. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. God didn't pick Eve for Adam. He presented him with an option. And he chose. So it's a lie when you say, God sent her to me. No, bro, you chose her. Because you could have chose someone else. What we don't want to talk about in church is making the best on the investment that you made the first time. There's this thing in, in investments where it says when the loan, or I'm sorry, when the investment matures, then you can take your money out. If you take your money out before the, the, the investment matures, what happens? you got to leave some of that stuff behind. So then we have people in church that are not just unequally yoked, but now we have our heart ties and heartstrings strung to people that are, we still have stuff invested in. Then we come to the altar and we ask God to bless us, but we're not whole. So if we fixed our picker, it, if we fixed our picker, the principles by which we choose someone to go into business with, because remember, it's not just relational. It, it's not just like romantic. Like if you knew that the person was going to be money laundering before you hired them, it might have saved your business from going under. Well, the devil's just coming after me. No, you didn't pick correctly. Oh, is this too much? How long has Pastor Joshua been married? This long. So we're going to use the word of God. In First and Second Corinthians, Paul is talking to a desperate uh, church that's in desperate measures. When we look at the word of God, First Corinthians and Second Corinthians are these letters that Paul writes to these people that are struggling inside of a culture where perversion is happening. So much so that they permitted sex with anything, not anyone not anybody, somebody say anything, like any, anything. Think about what you're thinking. Yep, that, you could, you could do what you wanted to do. They also permitted lust, where Paul had to literally write a letter to tell them, hey, bro, you probably shouldn't sleep with your mom. Hey, fam, probably not a good idea for you to, like, hook your life up with somebody that's a witch. But the church was so lost that it had to be written in black and white 
in order for them to rule it out of their life. Let me pause for the cause just for a second. If somebody has to tell you what is inherently bad for you is bad for you, if you have to hear it from somebody else before you can figure it out for yourself, you should probably remain single. You probably shouldn't finish that business plan. You probably shouldn't go into business with another, like, like, because now there are some people that were on the right track with God, but the reason why they didn't make it to their goal is because Joshua wasn't whole. Can I be honest? How do you live upright when everything around you permits your sin, lust, and desire? The terms Paul used had to be fairly blanket because this church was a multi-church. There were slaves and merchants and noble-borns and converts. It was also mixed gender groups, so women were, were, were fully functional in the church, serving and facilitating in ministry. So he starts to give them, somebody say, principles. So that way, when they started to date, when they started to go into business, they didn't have to show up to the meeting and ask their own questions. They were able to use the word of God. If we use the word of God on the first date, it would probably turn away a lot of our options. Because if you can't get with this, I have to make a decision if I'm going to compromise what made me attractive to you in the first place to be in relationship with you. And I just want to take another moment for any person in the room that you're dating or you're courting. I can, I'm not going to talk about marriage, Pastor, because I've only been married how long? So I'm going to stay out of business. That ain't mine. But if you're dating or courting, and the last time that you read your Bible was when you were praying for the person you were looking for, the last time you dropped down on your knees was to make you whole, and now you don't have any more time for God now that you got your boo or your bae, I just, I'm not telling you what to do. It's not my business. I'm not trying to ruin your Christmas. I'm not trying to ruin your tradition. <laughs> but uh, God has a really funny way of reminding you that everything that you have is nothing without him. Very, 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 very funny way. And it's different with different people. So if we don't have principles, pain is going to be inevitable. Do you know what that word means? Do you know what inevitable means? That if you're in a relationship with God or without God, there's going to be pain and turmoil. Like, I want to make sure you understand. Like, people that are married with Christ and with their wife or their husband, it's not painless. Like, <laughs> the same stuff comes to them as it does with a person that's just out here sleeping with anybody. But if you don't have Christ, you have no hope. There's some things, as I mentioned before, therapy and counseling will not fix. A relationship with Christ will. You want to know something? Reconciling with your wife doesn't fix the marriage. Reconciling with God helps you reconcile with her. I've only been married this long. But we got in an argument about toilet paper. And I had to reconcile with Christ because I'm like, it goes over. And she was like... I agree with you to this point, but then it's like over under all over the time, right? But going to counseling and having a therapist in your marriage and you're dating is a problem. And if you're dating and you're already going to therapy, that's a red flag in itself. Like there's no, okay, let me get back to the word. Somebody say get back to the word. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. So Paul begins to write to the believers because he's like frustrated. He's like, I've been writing all these letters, and y'all still keep asking questions. So you said not to sleep with her. Yeah, okay. Well, what about on Saturdays? Are you serious? Not on Saturdays. Ah, you didn't say anything about Sunday. And we can begin to push the envelope, and it's not because God isn't good. It's because our lust is greater. Somebody say, be yoked up. 2 Corinthians 6.14, he says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. This is the new living. 
How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? I want to jump down to verse 17. Therefore, somebody say, come out. Come out from where? Among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them. Now, I really want to make sure I, that you understand something. This does not mean that if you're dating somebody and they don't love Christ, that you should just be like, oh, I'm done. People in the church would like to say that. But you should hope that that person is willing to pursue God by themselves without you. This isn't a verse for us as people, believers in Christ, to look down on people that don't know him. This is, this is not, because I've, I've heard this preached many times where the person that comes to church for the first time, and by the way, thank you for showing up this morning, pastors and preachers will use this word to condemn people that are just, they just haven't had the opportunity to know who God is. But if we look at the other verse, guess how many of us have fallen short? Every single one of us. So this verse isn't just talking about people that don't know God. It's a reminder to us that do know God. Because we'll be silly enough to know that we can't live without God and then find somebody attractive that doesn't know him and then think that it will work without him. Paul wants to make sure that you understand. You get to make a choice. But after you make a choice, guess who has to deal with it? You do. The prize of equality is peace. Now, usually, I would give you all the bad stuff first. Like, this is how you know you're unequally yoked. But the word of God is very, very plain. The word says that, uh, 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 that don't team up with unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? Uh, how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Like, so partnership, there, 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 there are five things that you should have if you're, if, if you're yoked. And I want you to write these down. If you're dating, if, 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 you're, if you're married, if, if you're engaged, even if you're a widower, if, if you like, I, man, I haven't been with a man or a woman for a, a period of time. I know I'm over 50, but I'm trying to get something popping. You feel me? Like, these are the types of questions that you should be asking. Because if we can't talk about sex and relationships in church, then we're not going to make it very far in the world. Point number one is that the relationship, a yoked relationship that's equal, should actually have partnership. Partnership is when you work together. It should also have fellowship. It's where you enjoy, enjoy each other. It should have accord where you give each other power, where you submit one to another. And we got to stop teaching those sermons where it says wives submit to your husbands because there's no comma after it. There's this word and. And let me take you to uh, uh, English class for a second. When you put an and in a sentence, it means that the first part is not uh, more strong or less strong than the second. So the second part of that verse says that husbands should also submit to their wives. So if you feel like you are submitting to him, but he's never submitted to you, he's never asked you a question, I'm not saying you shouldn't be with him, but maybe that's a red flag of how it's going to be once you say, I do. Is this too tough for y'all this morning? We all right? We're closing this sermon series, so I just hope you know that we're about to go deep. Somebody say, go deep if you want to go deep. The next thing that you should have is portion. That's what the word says. It means that you give what each other needs, even if you will never be reciprocated. You want to know how you're equally yoked with someone? Let's, not, let's just take it out of romantic relationship. Remember that $5 that your friend asked for you in middle school that you still got a grudge about? No, Michael can't come to the crib. He owe me $5. Like, bro, that was 1975. Because the word of God, Paul basically says that love loves people without holding a record. 
The next way that you know that you'll have a, a, a principle, I'm, I'm sorry, that, that you'll be equally yoked is that there's agreement. Somebody say agreement. Partnership, work together. Fellowship, enjoy each other. Accord, give each other power. Portion, give what each other needs, even if you won't get it back. Agreement is live in peace together. The best thing that you can have in marriage, and remember how long have I been married? The best thing you can have in marriage is not sex. It's peace. That's what the word said. Be the most beautiful person in the world. He can have all the money. On Friday, the girls were saying he needs to be financially supportive. Like that was the most important thing. They didn't put no cute. They didn't put no handsome. They say, he, where's the money, right? He can have all the money. That's awesome. But there are a lot of people that got all the bread and no peace. People say money can't buy you happiness. It can for a short period of time. But money can't buy you character. Money can't buy you loyalty. Money can't buy you honesty. If it could, the Ukraine and Russia would not be going through what is right now the most unkingdom thing in the world. And let me say another thing. You cannot be a kingdom citizen and love God and choose sides. So all the silly stuff that I've seen on social media, you have permission to unfollow me. I don't have the energy to unfollow you because there's a lot of people that are really silly out here. But if you can fix your mouth to laugh at, ride a donkey, ride an elephant, blue or red, and say that the people in another country that you've never been to deserve to be bombed because of what they wrote on a piece of paper? That means that you can't accept the blood of Jesus that died for you. Because just because if you don't know, God sees an addiction to alcohol the same as he sees a dictator. It's all on the same level. The first thing that we should do as the church isn't point the finger. We should fall to our knees and pray. Regardless of the creed, the race, the culture, the demographic, their sexual orientation, where they come from, if they murdered somebody, if they've stolen, if they're a liar. God doesn't care, so we should care to a certain degree, but not to the degree where we start to condemn other people because of their skin color or because of where they are geographically. If you live in the United States, you won the geographical lottery. But there are people right now that are being put into vans and their families will never see them again. There are countries where women are being taken advantage of, and it's literally in their constitution. So when we say the land of the home of the free and the brave, it's not just for us to be free and brave. It's free to worship for those that can't. You will never find me walk into a church service and not lift my hands where our pastors have went to countries like Haiti and Belize and Peru, where people are being slaughtered in churches for saying the name of Jesus. So the most amazing thing that you could do for those people that are not able to live freely is live a free life here. Somebody say, unfollow me. I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to smell you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to be in relationship with you because at some point in time, I'm going to mess up. So are you going to treat me that way? When do we become so scared so easily in the church? Somebody say, move on. Missiles and rockets and bullets flying by. And just because they don't know Jesus, we say they deserve it. But there was a time when Joshua didn't know who Jesus was. And Joshua was in a whole car accident that should have taken my life, but God spared me. Somebody scream grace. 
Let me move on. You cannot come to AWC and pick sides. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't look at a single mother as she's walking in and out of this building and be like, I can't believe she could. She got the courage to leave her house with her babies struggling with two carriers. What did you do today? The church is supposed to be a place where we pick up the downtrodden. We pick up those that are broken. We pick up those that are sexually orientation or same-sex attracted. Well, he likes men. God still loves him, even if you don't. And if this bothers you, this transition going to be something that you ain't going to like. Because every single Sunday, as I have breath in my body and there are people out here crazy enough to follow, we're going to proclaim Jesus in the brothel, in the whorehouse, in the drunken place, in the church, so that every person that's lost gets an opportunity to know who God is. If you believe that and you're a part of this vision, I need you to stand to your feet and give God a shout of praise. We want the lost. We want the broken. We want those that are confused. We want those that are atheists. We want those that have murdered. We want those that have cheated, that have not been able to fornicate. Somebody say, bring them. We're not afraid of sin because I was sinful. Let me get back to my words. Sit down. Chill out. How dare you? And Putin needs Jesus too. They all need Jesus. The fix to being same-sex attracted is that if there's no fix, it's relationship with Christ. Heterosexuality doesn't fix what we think is wrong. Relationship with Christ takes care of all of it. Being an alcoholic, being sober doesn't fix you. It doesn't fix you. Have a relationship with Christ does. Somebody say heart check. You have permission to unfollow Pastor Joshua. Because I will not argue with ignorance. Because not too long ago, my people were slaves. White people were slaves too. You look at Western Europe in, 19, uh, in 1876. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look over in Germany. Look over in Ireland. So slavery is not a black or a white thing. It's evil. Any race, any color, any name. It doesn't matter what it is. Sex trafficking, slavery. Being addicted to opioids, slavery. I'm sorry. I feel something different today. I feel something different today. Because there are a lot of people that aren't just struggling yoked up in the wrong relationships with people. They're yoked up to some substances that they didn't ask to get addicted to. They didn't ask for it. It was literally shoved down their throat at seven years old. They went to the wrong party and they were, they, they were drugged and something happened to them and then they had a baby. And then we'll sit in church and say, I can't believe that she got pregnant. You don't know what happened. You don't know the story. How could you be addicted to heroin? You don't know the first time he shot up wasn't him. Somebody shot him up at the age of six. Can we just stop judging in the church? Can we stop pushing away the people that actually need to be in this building? If your marriage is broken, you shouldn't be ashamed. You should bring it here. Am I okay? Okay, because I just want to make sure. I'm realizing that my anointing is to disrupt and step on people's toes. I just, I just want to make sure you know what church you're at. What if they're Muslim?
What if Jesus was carrying the cross and heard that comment and dropped it? Jesus died not just for a few. Died for every single person. Equality should have partnership, fellowship, accord, portion, and agreement. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Principles are a foundational truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior. I'm going to steal this from you, Ron. I told you I was going to give you credit because he was in my notes on Friday. Being unequally yoked doesn't have to do with who's more frisky than the other. Being unequally yoked doesn't have to do with who has more money. Being unequally yoked has to do when what you believe doesn't match what they believe. So I just want to make that very black and white. Me and my wife believe in tithing. But if I believe in giving 10 off of our gross, and she believes in giving 10% off of our net, 10% is the same, but our principle is different. Both of you believe in going to church. But she believes in going to church sometimes. You believe in giving your life to the ministry. Both the same thing. Different principles. You want to have kids. We both want to have some snotty-nosed babies that look like the both of us that we can't deny. Cool. But I want five. Vanessa wants two, maybe. Hey, man, I just want as many kids as we can have. But if we didn't talk about that before in being married, that principle makes us unequally yoked. Can I show you what that actually looks like? Could, could you guys bring me my prop real quick? Um, when you follow the principle, there's no need for prayer. You don't pray when you run out of gas. What's the principle of an empty tank? No, this is the principle of an empty tank. Hey, hey, God, as I come down the hill, hey, of 103rd Street, Lord, may I creep? You know, like when you pray and you think you're doing something, you start doing weird, unnecessary. When I creep over the hill, let me roll all into the anointed slot number six. And God, when I reach down next to my seat and I touch all those fries in my car, when I told my kids not to eat in my car, but they do it anyway, Lord. Let me find a crusty $5 bill and it be your will, God, may, me, may I fill up my tank. You look stupid. That's how the church looks like praying for God to fix a person that we picked. You don't pray when you need to make an appointment. God, I felt my heart palpitate. Lord, call CHI, Allegiant and Prudential. Prudential is health insurance. They ain't going to help you. Prudential, George. <laughs> I need an appointment on 1230 on the 7th of March. Hey, make it, make it work, God. No, you pick up the phone. You dial the number. 
Hopefully you give them an insurance card. And then what do you do? You go your happy tail to the hospital and get taken care of. If you follow God's principles, you wouldn't have to pray if they're the right one. Because principles are God's insurance policy for successful relationships. You were built to be tied to and yoked to something or someone. I want to make sure you understand, yokes are not evil. Being, uh, being, uh, having a soul tie is not evil. My soul is tied to that woman. But she's the right one, therefore my soul tie is right. I am yoked to you all as a church. And I hope that the way in which I act in private proves that I actually care and love you. But some things that you see that are glitzy and glamoury on Sunday mornings, the ministry is not as healthy as you think it is. Because 4K doesn't view on the heart. This is what yoked means. A yoke is the joining together of two individuals for the purpose of partnership. So right there, Damon, if you're dating and there's no agreement, you are making the decision to enter into a yoke by yourself. This is real. Like, this is like, y'all hear this? Like, this is real. This is real deal, Holyfield. Being yoked is when two individuals come together for the purpose of collaboration in moving heavy objects. Now, I want you to ask yourself a question. Who or what am I yoked up to? Who am I, who am I hooked up to? Are they pushing me towards purpose? Or are they pushing me away from the cross? Do they push me to pray? Or do they push me to make the wrong decisions? Because who or whatever you hook up your life to will take you in the direction of their desire. So if your desires are opposite, you cannot go in the same direction. They used these, they would put them around the heads of oxen. And the reason why they would do that is so that they could plow fields, so they could pull heavy objects. Oxen are, are, are bulls that have been castrated because of the fact that if you don't do that, their testosterone will cause them to be like absolutely crazy and mad, but they're super strong. So they have to control them in a way so that they can harness what should be used for destruction for good. When the enemy gets you in the yoke of the wrong relationship, that raw power turns into something that's evil. But when you get in the right relationship and you're yoked up with who God wants you to be with, that raw power that used to be destructive now is able to produce a product that's beautiful. So the relationships that you see at church, at your job or whatever, where you think that they're better than you, no, they just picked the right person. The reason why the business is booming isn't because they're smarter than you. How can somebody be smarter than you? The, the idea that you got for the business was, it came from God. But the world understands this principle more than the church does. Every single job application that goes into the bucket doesn't get even interviewed. I'm going to steal another one of Ron's thing. Ron mentioned that he, 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 uh, he does interviews for his job. And he gets a thousand of them. Doesn't mean that he's going to interview a thousand people. Let me give you a piece of permission. 
Every single person that's interested shouldn't be interested. Girl, all the boys are chasing you. Doesn't mean you should date all of them. Well, if God didn't want so much of me to give around, he shouldn't have made me so voluptuous and beautiful. Like, well, 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 the less people that get to touch it, the more voluptuous and beautiful it is for the man that's actually supposed to be there. The reason why God gives us principles is so that when we go on that first date, you don't have to give them a long testimony about where the track record of your heart. I used to think that because I didn't experience anything in my life, Mr. Keith, that I was boring because I didn't have a testimony because I hadn't shot nobody, never been on drugs. But then when I got married, I realized how amazing that was because the conversation was very short. Young people, you don't have to develop a testimony to become interesting. You don't have to sleep with every Tom, Dick, and Harry (laughs) to be good at sex. Because the best sex is going to happen when you're yoked with the person that you're purposed for. Can we talk real this morning? Somebody say yoke. I want you to watch something real quick, then we're going to come back. That's resting time for the auction. Sure. All right? Wow. Shower, relax, you know, cool off, uh-huh. and then and back up the hill. And back up the hill. Every auction card right here holds one cubic meter. Okay. They're always tied up with a rope. Together. Together. They're, they're, they're like born and start together. Pasturing. They're they, not born together, but well, they're selected together. from birth to become oxen in their after after one or two years of living. These guys have to know these animals very well to know like who works well, who doesn't work well together. Because exactly. if you mix that up, then since you... Since they're kids, since they're babies. Yeah. Right. And if one of them passes... It's happens? hard to, to find another one that match according to that one, that works together. Okay, as the pastor-to-be of AWC, I desire for you to be really free. I-, I desire for us to cut the time in half of dating in half. Well, PJ, you dated her for eight years. I met her when I was 18, bro. Come on now. But the church needs more marriages. And we need more babies. Because we're aging out. And the growth ending of a church isn't sermons. It's how much the people in the church love each other and procreate more people to love God. Y'all saw what happened in the video, right? We and my wife went to Costa Rica and we went on this excursion. And up until that point, I had seen oxen before, but I literally felt the Holy Spirit. It was like 98 degrees, 75% humidity. Like it was hot, hot, hot. And we were driving and and the guy stopped us and he started to talk to us about um, oxen. And he basically mentioned to us that oxen are picked at birth. So they make sure that they're the same height, blood type, breed. They come from the same area. Because an oxen from the U.S. and an oxen from Brazil won't match together because the way in which they receive oxygen from the air, their lung composition is totally different. 
So one will get more tired than the other. The way in which you know that you're in the right relationship that God has ordained is when you both pitter out at the same time. Not to say that one's stronger than the other, but if I'm the stronger person in my relationship and my wife is lagging, the world tells me to push forward because I'm a man. But the word of God says that I'm supposed to undergird and edify her. So if she gets tired, we're tired. Oh, baby, we got to move nowhere. We good. Because if you're yoked up with the wrong person, a person that's supposed to help you move forward will become a person that's dragging you backwards. And then we blame it on the devil. God, the devil's on my life. No, it's your boyfriend. Joshua, are you telling me to break up with, with, are you telling me to break up with her? Yeah, bro. But you don't know all the time I put in. You, I just got her a new, a, 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 a new a, a cubic zirconia, is that what it's called? It looked good, but it ain't real. Ain't nothing, nothing, against, nothing against it. But maybe at some point in time, we would stop allowing time served to keep us from serving God. I've been in this relationship for six years. I'm going to lose it all. Yeah, you are, because you were never supposed to be there. But I just wasted my time. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> you did. But guess what? You can get over it, and God's grace will get you the right person moving forward. And another thing, we got to stop jumping from relationship to relationship. At some point in time, once you stop one, getting another doesn't heal where you came from. Like, you need to go sit underneath some older women that only wear skirts to Sunday because they real sanctified. Right, Mother Woods? Some men that still wear loafers that will tell you, hey, bro, you got to change the way you dress. You actually got to line your stuff up. Hey, bro, what's your relationship with soap? Because you can be anointed, but if you funky, nobody want to be with you. So then we got young men in the church who are hurt, man. All these girls are weird, bro. Nobody loves God. I'm ready for a real woman. But you don't even brush your teeth, G. Colgate or Crest, choose both, please. Because anointing in your marriage will not save it. At some point in time, you actually have to be attractive to the person. We don't marry anointing because anointing changes. God will take it away from you. You actually got to like the person. Look at your neighbor and say, do you like me? Like, I know you love me, but do you like me, Vanessa? God gives free will in hopes of allowing us to pick based on our principles. God will not choose your spouse. The reason why we dated for nine years is because Joshua was a terrible steward of Vanessa's time. So let me be honest. You shouldn't have dated me at the time that I was dating Vanessa. Don't date a guy like me. Most pastors would not tell you that because we believe, some of us believe, that if we tell you the real truth, you won't follow us anymore. But I really don't care if you follow me or not. I want you to follow Jesus. But a man that will waste your time, that's who I was. So we could have done in three years what we did with nine, but I was indecisive. Ma'am, if you feel like he's wasting your time, it means that he probably is. If you feel that he's wasting your money, it means that he probably is. If you feel like he's wasting your resources, it means that he probably is. If you feel like he's wasting your energy, 
that probably means that he is. Because that's the equivalent of coming to the singles night and being like, well, I got a friend. It ain't me, though. Her name, Erica with an E. My name, Erica with a Y. Don't ask. My mama named me. It's like, what? But my friend, Erica, got a boy. And you give all these vast details. Like, you really in your homegirl business like that? Or are we talking about you? It kind of sounds like your boyfriend, Rick, don't it? But I swear, Pastor, he's a good man. You wouldn't have to tell me. Oh, Jesus. One of the worst things that could happen is for the purpose God put on your life be forfeited because of the person that you picked. Don't forfeit the purpose for your pick. David, you want to make it to MGM Studios. You want to make sure that you never make it there? Date the wrong girl. You're supposed to go to the NFL. Awesome. How many of you, you know God has given you a purpose? Single folks. You know God has given you something. You want to sure fire your way to make sure that you don't make it. Hook your life up with the wrong business partner. You want to make sure that you don't make it and finish grad school. You want, to make, you want to make sure that the promise that you gave your parents and, and God, and we used to do this thing called a purity ring. You want to make sure that you lose your virginity to the wrong person that you might not be in relationship with after they get what they wanted because they told you what they needed to tell you over dinner when you were thinking about how cute he was or how cute she was, but it really wasn't how cute they were. They were evil. Hook your life up with the wrong person. Because if we keep tiptoeing around this thing, we're going to have more and more young people that are getting pregnant, that are in the wrong relationships, that are going to the wrong schools, and then we point the finger at them like they were supposed to know. We're supposed to teach them. Riley, when you get grown, I hope that I'm old enough to be able to still be able to pick up who you're dating and suplex him after your pops. Because at some point in time, she, we won't be able to trust her to pick who she wants. The reason why you're in community is so that when you start to fall head over heels with somebody, you got some people around you whose feet are still planted in the word. That ain't it. But I love him. He's so beautiful. Isn't he so sexy? Oh, my God. Look at her. Look at her. She's so pretty. No, no. Hey, bro, stay right here. You're going to get dizzy. You ain't going to see right. You're going to see three of her, and there's only one. Like, you need to chill out. If we stopped leaving the community to pick oxen that didn't come from the same field we were born in, we might actually get some more stuff done. Ariana, the worst thing that you could do is to date or marry a man that doesn't think as quickly as you do. Because you're going to annoy the heck out of him, and he's going to make all that beautiful, long, curly hair that you have fall out. Somebody say, pick the right person. There's a reason why we beg high school students not to go to school out of state. Just give us one year. Because what you don't get at UNO, you are not going to get at Texas A&M. You're not going to get at Morehouse. Well, I need to go to an HBCU. You need to HBCU your happy booty down the street. I can't protect you when you're 1,000 miles away. You can't call me to keep your legs closed from 1,000 miles away. It's easier for me to pull up on you. Are we okay? Y'all watch Euphoria, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. If we... I haven't cursed once today. You shouldn't be looking at me like, oh, I can't believe he just said what he said, Harold. I said it, but the word of God said it first. 
do not be unequally yoked with non-believers. That's what the word said. I'm just putting it in Joshuaism. Somebody say, uh-huh. We having fun this morning? When we are unequally yoked, the task that God has laid before us becomes more difficult than it should be. Being in marriage is difficult, but it shouldn't be difficult. Walking together should be difficult, but it shouldn't be difficult. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? So here's some signs that the yoke is bad. We already know that what's a good one. But this is the thing. Can I just be honest, Callie, this morning? It's okay right now as you're feeling this conviction to break up today. Like, and if you're married, you got to figure that out. Fresh Hope is right over here. I'd love to introduce you to Pastor Brad. If you're married, you in that thing for real, for real. You feel me? But if you're dating, you don't have unre- un- uh, un- unreconcilable differences. You can block them. Like, longevity and intimacy doesn't exist in dating and courting. You're trying to figure out your options. The only reason why we begin to feel responsible to someone is once we've actually done things that now make us tied to that person. But if you date and you court correctly, breaking up shouldn't be a big deal. Hey, our lives don't match. Yeah, my life don't match with you. That means that you somebody else's wife. God bless you. But if I did things I wasn't supposed to, oh my God, my heart. She gave me this iPad. You mean you want me to throw it away? Yes, because you don't just use the iPad. You see her when you use it. You know all the stuff that Joshua had to burn in the face of his fiance because there was an unequally tied yoke that I had with somebody else that gave it to me? A $400 pair of Jordans that she gave me, the girl I was dating, and they were clean. And Vanessa said, burn up. Because if I can't trust you to, pair, to burn a pair of shoes, that means I can't trust you to pass a thousand houses from AWC to our house so you might just creep into one of them. Oh my God, I lost my way. Hi, random woman. Here we go. Somebody clap once if you're ready. Is this good? Signs that the yoke is bad. They constantly dismantle your beliefs. There's a difference in challenging and pushing you and trying to destroy. There's a difference between, hey, why do you give 10%? That's what Vanessa had to ask me. She said, you only give 10%? And I was like, that's what the Bible say. And she said, what about the offering? And I said, oh, shoot. But she checked me. And if we're equally yoked, that was a moment where Joshua had to make a decision. Am I going to submit to the God in her? Because there's no female or male God. She had to check me. And because of that decision that she challenged, our giving is crazy. And God, what he gives us is even more crazy. Thank you, sweetheart. There's a difference between challenging. Somebody say challenging. And changing. Number two, does this relationship cause you to change your pace? Sis, when you met him, you had your own house. You owned the title to your car, Andrea. You owned everything. Is he in an apartment? It's not a problem if he is. But you have to make sure that you understand that when you marry him, as fine as he is, there's this thing called unreconcilable debt. That once you get married... That loan that he never told you about because you never saw his records before y'all got married, but he was cute. Now y'all are in debt. Congratulations. Do they cause you to speed up? 
Do they cause you to slow down? You were so excited about going to school. You were serving every Sunday. Everything was working in your life. Then you met the wrong business partner. And now the business is falling apart. Look at your neighbor and say, don't change your pace. Is there a consistent lag in their spiritual maturity? Ma'am, if he cannot teach you, if he has never called you to pray for you, if he has never changed the pace because he heard from the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying he's not the guy, but that is one of the skills that he's going to have to grow before you get married to him, if you want God to cover it. If you don't want God to cover it, do what you want to do. But some of the stuff that you're going through in marriage, in dating, in your business is not going to be taken care of by money. It's going to be taken care of when your person that you're in business with, the person that you're married to, when you're in bed, they don't just want to sleep with you. They want to lay their hands on your forehead and pray for your day. Somebody say next. Is there a lack of personal pursuit of relationship with God? Real easy. Do they love God because they know that you have to, that they have to to be with you? The only reason why you see him coming to church is because he wants to be with you. Take a trip. Take a trip out of town on Sunday. Just don't show up on Sunday. Tell him you're not going to show up. Then ask him for his notes on Monday. What did the pastor talk about? Oh, well, uh, well, we in a relationship series. So we talked about love and uh, <laughs> love. Oh, yeah, I heard you're supposed to submit to me. There was another part, but I don't remember. My relationship with Christ won't save Vanessa and vice versa. Look at your neighbor. Say, know him for yourself. Next, does the relationship cause intentional isolation? Every time you're in a setting with this person, are you the only per- is he the only person? Is she the only person you know? Does this person make Joshua feel awkward about his mama? Because there were a couple of girls I was talking to. When mama would, I bring, I, they came to church a couple times. And you know how mom does. It doesn't matter how loud the music is. You're going to hear Pastor Linnell. And I remember I was standing over here and mom was singing during worship. And, I was, and the girl I was talking to, she didn't like it. And I was like, and, and I started to not like it. And there was like, I started to see this streak in my life where the people that made me attractive to be attractive to her. I was becoming less attracted to. It went from me talking to my sister in my prayer closet in my bedroom at 2 o'clock in the morning in high school to now that I'm dating someone, I don't want to talk to my sister anymore. And now I'm ducking people in the house that I don't pay nam bill in to cover a relationship that, that I have no business being in. I want you to write this down. Ma'am, especially our young girls. If he is the only male influence that he allows for you to have, he is not it. He is controlling, and he wants to be a slave and a taskmaster. If he has the ability to ask you to go on a trip without checking the men that you know first, it's not from God. Because a man that loves you will follow the principles that make him a husband now. You, You don't get to turn on the switch once you get married. They have to be there now. You should be in a relationship with a young man that says, like, you know what? And trust me, because we all fall short of the glory of God. So I'm just talking from the word of God. 
Because there's some areas in Joshua where he messed it up. There's a reason why it was nine years, because your boy wasn't ready. Okay. Does he have male counsel? You've never seen him in the group of other men that beat him up? Well, he doesn't have a father. Does he go to the gym? Like, any elders? There are no men around him? I'm not saying that he's not the right guy. But you probably shouldn't marry him until you can see him submit to other people. Don't tell me who you are over. You need to tell me who you're under. Well, I got all the money. I got the condo. That's great. Who is you, who is you submitted to? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a therapist? Do you have a pastor? When was the last time you talked to your pastor? Can I have his number? Can I do a cross-reference? Who's your daddy? Oh, you don't know your daddy. Do you have any uncles? Oh, you don't know them. Do you have any men in your life? Do any of the men in your life actually like me? Do they know about me? Why don't you ever ask me to come over for Thanksgiving? Why is it every time that you ask me to go out, it's between the hours of 9 to 5 from Friday to Sunday, and it's never during the week? Why don't you ever call me at 7 o'clock in the morning? We never pray together. You've never asked me what I'm, te- what I'm reading in the Word because of the fact that they probably don't care. Is this too much? Y'all being real quiet. I just want to make sure. Leon, you're going to have to carry me and my wife because you're strong enough to do it and your wife and my sister out because I just don't want to, you know, be shot at. This is the number one. Somebody say number one. No, I need you to scream and say number one. If when you get into the relationship, you no longer hear the voice of God, things that you were sure about, Now it's, well, because what's destroying the church right now isn't religion. It's deconstruction. It's people who have lost faith because they heard the kingdom preach for so many years, but they didn't see it actually exemplified in the home. So parents, I'm just going to be honest, because this is the church that I have to make the decision if I want to pastor. And I do, because I think that everybody deserves the love of Christ. The traditionalists went to church because that's what they did. All of those folks that are over the age of 50 don't feel any type of way. You are the hardest working people that the United States have ever seen. You went to work from 9 to 5, and then you went home and worked from 5 to 9. You were on that job for 40 years. You didn't ask for no mug. You didn't ask to be celebrated for doing your job. You gave birth to an entire new generation called the boomers. Those are our parents. They're all 50, 50 to around 40 years old. For you guys... You guys had to live through what your parents came out of, which was depression and the renaissance and and social justice issues. So you took your kids to church, not because you really wanted to. You took your kids to church because your parents took you and you knew that you might have given up on God, but you wanted them to have a basis. But now, those people didn't go to church, and now I have to pastor them. But they are unchurched. When I say... God is good all the time. It's like what my daddy says on Spongebob. Hey, let's talk about David and Goliath. Who's that? So I cannot expect for people that don't even know what the death, raising, and reconciliation of the blood of Christ. I cannot expect for them to understand that who they may be sitting with in the service right now Somebody needs to have the authority to tell them to run. So this new generation that's coming to church, they're not going to wear suits because they never went to church. 
They're going to have kids out of wedlock because nobody took the time to teach them. They're going to be addicted to opioids, heroin, marijuana, and the like because nobody was taking care of them after school. So the point of the kingdom is to tell you in point blank, black and white, that our job is to help a generation that doesn't know God, not just know God, but they got to see him. So your marriage has to thrive. If not for you, do it for the children. Because these babies and AWC kids, they're not stupid. They're six year old and got TikTok. And HBO is starting to tell them what they need to do with their body. And it's telling them that regardless of how you were made, your genealogy and your biology, you can make the decision of what your pronouns are. But we can't blame them. Because we never taught them. Jesus taught people before he sent them to a place in an abyss. So if somebody is same-sex attracted, and I ever hear a conversation of somebody in this church condemning them, if they bring their boyfriend, if she brings her girlfriend, if the first conversation that you have with them doesn't explain to them that Jesus died on the cross for their soul, we're missing it. I'm wasting my time. I'm way over. I'm way over. Y'all got to go. It's the Super Bowl today, right? Like y'all got somewhere else to be. They don't know. You want to know what makes AWC the strongest thing in the world? It's this hallway. Some of the older people felt encouraged to tell the younger people she's not it. And the younger person didn't get an attitude. Because you've been, the best people to talk to about marriage are those that are divorced in church. Because if they're divorced and still in church, they walk through hell that you will never experience. There is a condemnation spirit on people who didn't work it out in marriage. And we say it all the time. God hates divorce but loves divorced people. But the church doesn't love divorced people. We condemn them. We make fun of them. But there are three relationships in this church where they were divorced, went through a time of singleness, and got back remarried. And guess what? We counted those years where they weren't together in the whole thing. You weren't married one time and then married the second time. No, we, recon we reconciled that thing and we're keeping this ball rolling. Because what preaches louder than sermons is your relationship with Christ. That's the biggest billboard. So here at AWC, if you're married, I need you to stand to your feet. I need you to stand to your feet and profess that my marriage will not die. It's going to live. I don't care what we're walking through. Even if the end goal is divorce, there's still a grace that God can give that you would be able to teach somebody else. Can I finish my sermon? I need to get out of here. You, you want me to do the altar call now or do you want to get out of here? Raise your hand. If you want me to finish this thing, lift one hand. If, if you want me to be done, raise both hands. Okay, I got one, both hands. So I'm done. All right, Father God, we thank you so much for each. Okay, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. If you're having fun, say, oh yeah. The yoke is lightest when it isn't chosen. The yoke is lightest 
when it isn't chosen. In that video, this is what the guy that we were, our, our counselor, I forget what his name was, sweetheart, maybe you can remind me. He explained to us that in order to make your business prosperous with oxen, you need four things. I want you to write this down. Take this to your court, courting date. And the difference between courting and dating is relationship and community. You shouldn't be dating by yourself. Pastor Joshua did it, and it yielded a bunch of heartbreak and pain. So I can tell you, go in a group. Because, guys, the way in which we work, ma'am, is that we like to isolate you to get you to do our will in our building. And then if, it, if the light gets shown on you, on us, we're, men will shun you before they protect you, especially if they don't have a commitment to you. Okay, sis, Facebook, I see you on Instagram right now. Do you, did you hear what I just said? If you're sitting right next to him, bro, you're wrong. That's conviction, bro. That's not me. Okay, that's God's daughter before she's your plaything. All right. Four things that you have to have. Is this too much? Four things. You need to be the right, the same size. You need to have the same strength. You need to have the same ability. And you have to have the same purpose. Size. They need to match your capacity. If you're in the right relationship, if you love going to the gym and that person doesn't, but this is like your life, as much as they are cute right now, let them not be going to the gym long enough that sex is not going to cure it. You're going to look at that person and be like, you're going to look like this all the time? Or are you, you going to? You always going to look like this? Oh, oh, your mama look like this? Oh, your, your granny look like this? Oh, so you're going to look like this? Oh, okay. Somebody say capacity. Next, they need to match you in strength. They need to be able to lead you, and it should be fun to submit to them. And vice versa. Be a strong, independent woman like we talked about on Friday. That's awesome. We need you to be independent. But if you're going to be with me, God built me to lead. And if I don't believe, not just that I can't lead you, but you don't want to be led, doesn't matter how cute you are. Doesn't matter how beautiful you are. Because sometimes as a man, I get broken and I don't want to lead. And I need to be able to stand behind a woman that, as Pastor Martin would say, would tie up her skirt in between her legs and be able to murder something. Bro, you need to marry the type of woman that will defend you regardless of who's there. I married a woman that's sweet, but now she's taking on the same type of attributes that my mom and my sister got. Like we'd be at dinner and somebody would cut me off and you won't hear her, but she'll be like, and it'd be in Spanish, too. We look on la cabeza. I mean, she'd be going crazy. And I'd be like, ooh, that's so sexy. We're going to go get a burger. I love you so much. Somebody say same ability. Their skills, their character, their mind should work with God the same way it works with you. One way that you know you're in the right relationship is when it goes from I think we should to, I think the Holy Spirit's telling me to. If you desire to be in a kingdom relationship, but here's the cool thing about this, Winton. If you're not there, bro, if you get connected to this church, there are some men in this church that will walk with you. There was a men's group that we had on Saturday at 8 a.m. There's a community of men that really just want to help men fight things like pornography. Like they really want to help men reconcile with their wives. Like, why is it that the first choice is always divorce and it's never restoration? Like, why don't we try restoration first? You got some older people in this church that will tell you, like, bro, 
you too young to be trying to get divorced, bro. Your ear's still wet. That's what they be saying. Right, Mr. Damon? Oh, you old now, huh? Man. Somebody say same purpose. Light yoke is when your wise match. I want you to write down this question. And even if you're married, it's a good one to ask. And remember, I've only been married how long? That long. So chew on the meat, spell the buns. Ask this person this on the next date. What's your why? Why do you want to marry me? Why do you want to date me? Well, well you're cute. Okay, yeah. What, what problem does us hooking up fix? Like, like what? Like, yes, sex is going to be fun, and we're going to have kids, and we're going to buy the house, but I don't want to just buy a big house and it just be us four no more. Like, is my family able to come to the house too? We need to talk about that. My daddy laughs really loud. He kind of laughs like Mr. Freddy. Does that annoy you? Because I'm never going to ask my daddy to stop laughing like that because I'm married to you. We eat greens and cornbread. And we, we don't put sugar in our grits. If you wanted sugar in your grits, you should eat cream of wheat. Grits is a vehicle for cheese, eggs, fish, and sometimes scrimps. Not shrimp. Scrimps. But does it bother you? No, th these are the things you need to ask. Because they can pray, love God, be anointed, but not like your family. And if your picture is all of you going on a cruise together with your side, their side, and the kids, but they don't like how your mama looks... It's not that it's not going to work, but maybe we should start reconsidering the relationships that we're in so that there's less people on the altar praying about those relationships. You want to know what I want to see in this church's legacy? Is when the people on the altar aren't crying out to God to fix it. They're crying out to God in worship because he did it. Where husbands and wives are holding hands and they're not embarrassed out there. They, they do it up here. The reason why we ask our AWC kids to come into worship, I mean, there's a couple of different reasons, talking with Amanda, like we're trying to f put some things together. And if you feel like you're called to lead children in worship, we'd really like to talk to you. But you need to go through um, Journey to Partnership first. Like, we, like we're creating a serve for everything. What did I say? Everything. Yeah, we're going to make a serve for running. Like, you just take off. Like, I don't know. Because they used to do that in the charismatic church. But the reason why we have the babies in here is because what teaches them about if God loves them isn't what happens up here. It's what they see here. It's an example. I feel so great this morning. Does anybody else feel good this morning? I'm sorry. I, just, I feel like I'm in my element this morning, man. I, feel, I just feel so great. But this is the thing, yo. This is it. This is, this is the altar call. If you're in here this morning, you have the opportunity to leave the relationship today. That's a really weird altar call. Really weird. But there were so many relationships. How many of you stayed in a relationship too long? And it's a cycle. You start feeling really bad. You don't like it. Then you have one good date night and you're like, oh my God, it's great. Maybe this will take. And then the next day it's trash again. And then you're just looking for like all these highs. But the same God that you asked to deliver you 
has given you authority to deliver yourself. There are some of you that are in business practices right now, and you just need to dissolve the organization. But this is my baby. Yeah, but it's not holy. Some of you need to divorce yourself from the yoke that you have with your mental health. Because remember, yoke is not, it's not just romantic. It's relational. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Can we read this together? This is one of my favorite verses. Then Jesus said, come to me. Hold on. Every yoke that you pick will always be too heavy. So Jesus tells you what to do with your desire, with your lust, with whatever you're feeling. Somebody say everything. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and doing what? Carrying heavy burdens. And guess what? I'm going to give you rest. The best thing that you could have in your relationship isn't romance it's rest like and and even if you're not in a relationship if you're single if you've been given the gift of singleness you need to be rest you have to have rest with yourself when's the last time you forgave yourself for what happened 10 years ago because i promise you the only person that's beating you over the head for what you did at this point in time is you the word of god says that once you ask for forgiveness god takes your sin and he chucks it into this thing called the sea of forgetfulness. Basically what that means is that every time you think about what you've done, that's the first time that God's thought about it. Maturity in the kingdom is not bringing God your sin. God, it goes from, God, I'm sorry for what I did, to God, I thank you for delivering me from what I did. You're an amazing God. Like... The best thing that could ever happen is when I try to talk to people about what I did in my past, like let's say like I said like I was a liar, I was a manipulator, which I was, really good at it. Because um, it's a thin line between manipulation and persuasion. Okay. Um, but people will say, I'd be like, Marvin, like I'm a manipulator. I used to be and God delivered me. And people will say like, there's no way. You know what that does to me? Wait a minute. What kind of work did God do in me that what people used to think about me, new people don't even see. God, you're amazing. Like, how dope are you? That I used to be a whole liar, Mr. Chandler. I used to tell lies to see if I could get out of them. They're called the lying Olympics. I got gold medal every time. Take my yoke upon you. And guess what? Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I know I went over my time. I just desire. I don't desire. God desires for you to be sweet, to, to, be, to, to, to be free and sweet. You need to be sweet. So you might be asking, PJ, what do I need to do? The word says it. It says, come to me. You need to come to Jesus. How is coming to Jesus going to fix my relationship? Oh, buddy, you'll be surprised what it'll fix. Next is that it says that you're weary and carry heavy burdens. The only way that you can be weary and have carry, know that you're carrying heavy burdens is that you have to acknowledge what you're carrying is heavy. Do it right now. You, you're not happy in the relationship, sis. He's changing you. 
can I, can I preach to somebody just for a second? Like the relationship isn't going anywhere because maybe God doesn't want it to go anywhere. There's a reason why you have multiple exits when you're going from here to Lincoln. So when you make up your mind that you don't want to go all the way to Lincoln, you can flip a Yui and hit the Cracker Barrel before you come home. That was smooth. Come on, Mr. Scott. That was smooth. Was that not smooth? Come on, do I, do I, get, do I get a checkpoint? Miss Alicia, do I get a checkpoint? Was that good? That came right off the dome. Okay, all right. God, you know, I should have been a rapper in another life. Come to Jesus. Acknowledge what you're carrying is heavy. Number three is that you got to let God teach you. you get these principles that we've been talking about, because telling you not to sleep with somebody before you get married is not a principle. Don't have sex before marriage. It's not a principle. And it's not good enough because sex is amazing in marriage. What we actually should be saying is that you probably shouldn't sleep with this person if they're not your wife because you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of being a husband to a wife that God never wanted you to be. And there's emotional damage that comes with it. And somebody say number four. Once you come to Jesus, once you acknowledge what you're carrying is heavy and you let God teach you, I promise you, you're going to find rest. Can you stand to your feet? Anybody excited that they came to church today? How many of you, I'm not trying to go out on a limb, but this is like the best sermon you've ever heard. Because that's the best sermon I think I've ever taught. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. I'd like to pray um, in three different areas. And if, and if you'd like prayer, I'd like for you to meet me. Because we, we, we train the, and coach the people here in our prayer team not just to lay hands on you. Because that's really weird. Especially when you go to black church and you walk up and you think you're going to be prayed for like uh, help with Christ. And they come and come out in Jesus' name. That's weird. Like we don't know. And a lot of people be, they don't be prophesying. They be prophesying. I see fornication in your future. Whoa, whoa, don't know what. I'm about to take a test tomorrow. I need help. But I, I'd like to pray for three different things. There's a generation of people in our church that are over the age of 40 uh, who are widows. They've been divorced or they've never found love. And they desire to be in relationship. And I think that regardless of how old you are, regardless of when you were watching TV, it was in black and white, or if there was no television, that God can still fulfill purpose with you in marriage if you desire it. Second, I want to pray for uh, millennials and younger people and also older people that are dating, courting, that are trying to figure this thing out and being engaged, that we would just have healthy engagements. I want to go to some weddings this summer, man. I mean, I don't want to do them. But I want to come and eat your cake and, you know, talk about how ugly the bridesmaids' dresses are behind your back. Yeah. And then the last thing is that I think we should pray for the married couples in this room. Because you guys stood beside Pastors Martin and Linnell for 30 years. And this ministry is what it is because of you guys just staying together. Can we just thank all the married couples in the room? Thank you for keeping it together. Pastor Joshua, we're struggling. We don't need, we don't know. We thank you for keeping it together. But before we move there, I'd like for you to meet us up front if you'd like prayer and don't feel embarrassed if you feel some type of way. You're not saying anything when you come. But how many of you need some prayer this morning? Don't be shy. I see you. Meet me up front. Come on. Meet me up front. We want to minister to you. Don't be afraid. Everybody had to do it at some point in time. 
Everybody had to do it at some point in time. But I want to make sure you understand something. You can't accept God's principles. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Yeah, I see you. Come on, y'all. I see you. Um, you can't accept God's principles without accepting his son, Jesus. So I'd like to give you an opportunity. I'd like to give you an opportunity to meet a man named Jesus who died on the cross, yes, to save your sin, but he really wants you to be yoked equally in a great relationship so that you can pursue purpose. I see you. Best decision you've ever made in your life, I promise. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And can we release the, those that are praying? We got some folks that are here, if we could pray with them. Here we go. Everybody lift your hands, let's do it. Father God, we thank you for everything that you've done today. God, we ask, we declare, we decree that the person that's watching online or in the room that doesn't know who you are, God, we ask that you would just wrap them up with your love today. The person that's dealing uh, with, with their sexual orientation, same-sex attracted, or they're addicted to some things, or they don't know how to get rid of the business partner, or they feel like they're failing in their marriage or relationship, God, we pray that the grace of God would cover them in Jesus' name. Come on, lift it up in the room. Come on, lift it up. Pray for, if it's not you, pray for the person next to you behind you. God, we are looking for long committed engagements and long committed marriages. And if they need, if they have the gift of singleness, God, that you would give them safe, keep their minds in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for this sermon series where we've learned about the three dimensions of who you are, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with you, and also our relationship with another person. God, we ask that you would bless all of our relationships, that we'd be equally yoked. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Love you.